On today's episode, we interviewed our dear friend, Joey. Joey is a mystic and a counselor, and that wide range all reflected in our episode. If you don't hear a ton from me, it's because my brain was literally scrambled the eggs. We were in the middle of an IVF cycle, so Nick kind of took this one. But honestly, there's so much to learn from Joey, from having an autistic brother to how he began his counseling journey to how he got into mysticism and his take on mysticism, which is just so interesting and appealing. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's about time you're saying this is what I've been waiting for. Thank you for your patience. Took a while. I had to take a call. Sometimes God has a plan that you aren't planning on and sweeps you off your feet from underneath that you've been standing on. Welcome to the Good at Life podcast, where we teach you how to be good at life. So we're just saying that... uh... It's like kind of funny. This is like weird, right? Because Joey listens to like our podcast and I was mm-hmm. on our podcast. Yeah. And that's what just happened with like the podcast that I was just on. And like, I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like, I'm on this podcast. That was I a good podcast. To it. No, you haven't. No, it hasn't come out oh, yet. Oh, that wasn't different the episode podcast. you put. Oh, no, different podcast. Look at you. I'm all over the place. I guess. Yeah. He's on a promo tour. That's it. Mm. Promo tour. Exactly. No, I was on this other podcast, uh, Away Broadly, by uh, my buddy David. Okay. Shout out to David. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that comes out like next week. But he uh, he needed an episode before he went off to Peru to do to lead an ayahuasca trip. Oh, fancy! And yeah. we're going to be talking about that too. That's going to be yes. part of it. So yeah. Today, oh, sweet! I forgot we had an outline. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Today we have on a very special guest, our dear friend Joey. Hi, Joey. We are the only people that call Joey Joey. Right? I think so. I think yeah. so. Well, te- well, technically, you're the only person that called Joey calls Joey Joey, but. Because I know Joey through you, I, now I have to. You don't know Joey through me. You know Joey through yourself. That is yeah. true. <laughs> That's right. Because we met all the way. Well, we met in high school, uh-huh. and then we met in high school. We met in high school. Yeah. What? I'm sure I saw you around. For no sure. shot. What? Yeah. Why not? I, I don't know. <laughs> sure. Wow, he's calling you a liar. That's okay. That's it. I'm not saying you're a liar. I'm just saying I don't, Welcome I don't remember Welcome to Good it. at Life with our two new hosts, Liz and Joey. Oh my, could you imagine I just commandeer wow. this podcast? I got replaced on my own podcast. It's fun. When I, when I go over my credentials, you won't call me a liar. Or you might. <laughs> now, now, wait, did we really know each other in high school? I must have, because weren't you at least hanging out with, you guys were hanging out oh, in no. high school? Uh, not really. Like, not enough. I oh, okay, think. then no. Like, feel, not. like only like a handful of times, and usually like when we hung out, like we would hung, hang out together or like go do something, um, and like it would be like So not Megan. in our high school. It'd be, no, not at your high school, and like it would be like Megan or like Kelsey or like some other person that I like kind of knew. Usually. I think we hung out with our own friend group, right, Liz? Like we kind of had like, you had that separate friend group. I had a lot of friend groups. You did. You did. Liz you was were very popular. Yes. Also, somehow. Also, yes, somehow. You were. Yes, you were. All right. Nick loves to say it. I was not popular. You're right. You weren't popular because you guys went to the only high school that had no popular people. Joey was it's in true. high school with no popular? <laughs> yes. Oh, well. But you also just said that no one in your high school was popular. No, no one was popular. Winnie. Which also makes no sense. Okay. So Joey's on today. Yeah. So for those of you who know Joey, which I think are is a it's good probably amount yeah a good amount of, of our people audience who know Joey possibly so. he was also popular. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. 
Um, introduce yourself, Joey, for the people who don't know you. Yeah. Okay. Er, you're the only one who's going to be able to list out all of your great accomplishments. He has credentials. He's I know, he has credentials. Uh, I hate I hate to call it... Sometimes I feel like it's a humble brag, It's like, but it's not like... But we'll get into it in the episode because I got very humbled um, recently. So my name is Joseph Albister. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor and Reiki master. Um, I think those are my main credentials. I'm a minister, but I got that more for legal legal reasons. Legal reasons. <laughs> and we'll go into that too. What, what are go- you? Uh, what are you a counselor of? Um, so right now, um, in the state of New Jersey, a licensed professional counselor is kind of like a psychotherapist. So um, the main group of uh, clients or the clients I have now mostly are autistic or on the spectrum mm-hmm. and their family. So I work with them. Um, and we'll, I mean, whenever you guys say like we're ready, we'll get into that kind of like my journey through that because I did not start as a an autism counselor. I actually started as a drug and alcohol counselor. You can tell us about oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get into it. Um, so, um, during, when was this? It was like in the middle of Rutgers. So I'm in Rutgers for my undergrad. I'm like, I'm going to be a pre-med student because that's what everyone does. Yeah. Um, I did not. And there was no hope for med. I also yeah. did not. <laughs> no, I, I got weeded out. <laughs> med, med, like medical, the medical field at my school was like also like really popular. We had a bunch of people that did it. My roommate sophomore year was like going to get like, not like pre-med, but like, um, you know, uh, physical therapy or something like that. Yeah. And like, I remember he was telling me, he was trying to study like for the tests and like he had to memorize every single bone in the body. I'm mm-hmm. like, how are you like two? It's what like 219 bones in, the body? bones in the body. You know every bone in the every body. Every single one. I don't believe that at all. I don't know any of them. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say, wow, I don't know any. <laughs> you don't know any of them. You don't even know one. Your femur is that a bone? That that's, is a bone. Yeah, that was. I good. had to ask if it was a, a bone. A tibula, so not... tibula, I think is <laughs> one. Tibula. Oh, there we go. Look at you guys. They, they we, got, we got three whole bones. They rhyme. They rhyme. If we put both of our minds together, we probably could name all the bones. We could name the body. What do you call your skull? Like, I, that's definitely not like the cranium. official. That cranium? Are you sure? I think so. That's the bone, though. Like, that's like this actual name of the bone. You're not that confident in that. So anyway, there's Google, and Google will tell us all the it's answers. Really calling you out. See, you wanted to be nice to him. Oh my goodness. Although I will say that you're whispering, but your energy's great. I love he it. Is. But it's good. Good. I'm, I'm giving him a compliment. I'm so okay. I'm so glad that we have a Lince listener on the show today who clearly is arguing with you about my volume. Your energy is fabulous today. Perfect. Ten out of ten. Please Just, write in the comment section. Yes. No, please write Let in the comment know. section if Nick is whispering. Because last episode, episode three, he was not whispering. He's not whispering today. Well, he's whispering a little you, bit. You did say okay. that I was whispering. You said, I'm whispering, but... Your energy your is energy great. Good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I did say that. I did say that. Also, this, this is a fun fact. As I was like watching the last episode between us, uh, Liz will like, say stuff and then immediately like go off to like a different thing and then tell me that she said that thing. And now we have now it we have happen. actual That's evidence what you about say, it. But it doesn't happen. Anyway, I don't think that happens. It happened Thank in the last. Guys, to your, go back, back to, to the last journey. episode. Back, check it out. We're not fighting on this podcast. Back to your journey. So, uh, pre med was rough because then orgo came around and organic chemistry was a nightmare. I think uh, I pulled a typical um, like college movie trope where like you're just there in the room and in the lecture hall, I should say, and you just get up. And like you leave, I pulled that, and no then, way. as I did, as I was leaving, 
uh, one of the guys was like, there were, I passed by a random dude. I did not know him. And he was like, yeah, man. I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, no I'm, just, I'm, I'm just going to get a W on this class. I withdrew. I withdrew really hard. Yeah. But it was, oh, so it was like still like early in the semester. Yeah, it was early in the semester. And actually this leads on to um, my practices and mysticism because um, I don't know if the listeners know. I'm sure they do. Um, but my brother, you. if they know me, my <laughs> brother does have autism. That's how I started with the clientele that I have now who mm-hmm. are on the spectrum. Um, I went into it and thinking I was going to fix him. Like I was going to get rid of this autism. It's just something that should get, you should just get rid of. Um, and then um, it was interesting because I was applying to be an RA mm-hmm. at Rutgers in the dorms. And the, the man who was, um, I guess, kind of like vetting people to be RAs, um, he asked me like um, about that, or I'm not sure how we got into it, but he says... He says, like, oh, um, uh, you think that's something that really should be fixed or something that could be? And I was, like, in my head at that time, I was, like, of course. Like, medicine can solve, like, anything. <laughs> um, but then as I thought about it, I was, like, wow, you know what? Maybe he's got a point. And he, w- he was actually a psychology major. And then that kind of drew me more into psychology. And then as I was driving back to Rutgers one day with um, a, a, a former friend of mine, um, he says to me, like, he turns to me, he's like, if you were the one that had autism, wouldn't your brother want to get to know you and not the autism? And I was like, wow, that was really profound. Yes. And that yeah. changed me. And he is not, for at least back then, he was not a profound person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought that was really like the universe, God, however you want to call it. I personally call it God, like talking through him. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, like I'm awake now because like it's true throughout all that time i didn't get to know my brother christopher as a person i got to know him only as the autism mm-hmm. and i was like wow so that was my awakening wow into so how, all this so how did how did that like change how you like interacted with him like after that um i think i started to get to like know him more for his like personality because i remember and um actually this goes um into it um in 1990 six i asked my mom i was like please can i have a little brother and then she was like no we can get you a dog so i got a dog and then a few months later she got pregnant with my brother and i was like perfect i always get what i want and i got a dog and a brother this is perfect and then i remember growing up it was interesting because you see the deterioration um because he was doing his milestones very well you know he was crawling um saying a few words like you know mama dada all that stuff um, and then it just stopped and uh, he didn't really play with me like other brothers do and I, I even remember I told my mom I was like why doesn't my brother like play with me mm-hmm. how, um, how old were you six? Oh my yeah I was I must have been at that time I must have been because he got diagnosed in 1999 so I must have been like eight around that time mm-hmm. um, and then it was only in 1999 um, after my mom got the diagnosis because she went to um interestingly enough she went to my speech therapist because i had very very profound speech problems so she went to the speech therapist and the speech therapist actually was like hey maybe you should get him checked out for autism so he was diagnosed in 99 and um she i still remember it vividly like we were in my dining room and i sat down with her and she was like joey has something to tell you um your brother has autism or no your brother is autistic and I was like, yes, he is very artistic. Because <laughs> we draw on the on the paper. I'm like, I'm aware of this, yeah. mom. And she's like, no, he's 
autistic so he's going to need a lot of help and like that was the time when um I don't know that was another like that was probably my first awakening where I had to wake up to the real world oh and that for things sure. aren't going to be my way for mm-hmm. sure and that that's so interesting that she kind of just like threw that on you mm-hmm. at like a young age like you were supposed to know what that meant like but we throw on uh, it was interesting because we'll we'll get into it there's a great mystic I know um, and if I ever say during this podcast, like me as a mystic or whatever, it's just to simplify it. I always consider myself a student first and foremost, especially after my humbling experience in my twenties, when I thought I was like the world's greatest, like mystic, I'm like, hello, I'm like Merlin reincarnated. <laughs> um, and then I got very humbled. Um, so like we do that a lot to any kids, you know, like, um, when you have your first child and then you have your second, like all of a sudden, like that child, mm-hmm. it can be 18 months old like uh, the almost the youngest i think or two years old or three or four mm-hmm. like suddenly they're big they're yeah. the big sister the yeah. big brother and they're not big yeah yeah they're babies yeah. themselves so i think that goes along with and the mystic i'm talking about is um uh denine uh fendig uh, god rest her soul uh she passed already but um she was very profound we'll get more into her i'm sure because she influenced like a lot of me in the later years that's that's so interesting right so like you you're this young kid and you get this brother that you're asking for that you want and as he's like growing up you guys you know he's it's exactly what you like expected right like you have this little brother Mm -hmm. and it's like all this it's fun Mm -hmm. and all this stuff's great and then you know he starts like hit a wall and you got and you guys start like separating and it's almost like this feeling that, like you feel like you're like what did you do wrong like why is he yeah. like pulling away oh and, mm-hmm. and now like you have like all these like weird feelings like towards him even though like yep you're and you're taking it so personal and he's you know he has no idea what's going on yep. he can't even help what's happening and then now you're like thrusted into this position and it's, especially at like such a young age mm-hmm. when with your mom telling you like that like you know there's gonna be yeah. a lot of stuff like that's gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with and it's gonna be hard and like mm-hmm. for almost forcing you to grow up so immediately yeah i was that was i was nine and um i remember it was like um it was just very like difficult it was strange it was a very strange world um where you know he like oh my goodness i used to have to get into like fights at my birthday party because he would like he would be however many years old i think at the age where you're already not wearing diapers mm-hmm. um and he would just poo his pants and i would have to fight like the other kids at my birthday party because they were making fun of him i was oh like oh God. my goodness what a yikes like looking back on it now it's interesting because now it's it's a past thought but i'm thinking of it now in the present mm-hmm. and that is when i feel you can truly get like the power back because when you think of anything in the present whether it be the past or the future there's only ever really like the now and I'm sure we'll get more into that. That's something I learned from Ram Das, um, a really great uh, a mystic who kind of brought those Eastern traditions to the West. Mm-hmm. So oh, there's a yeah. lot. There's yeah. a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually listening to a book uh, that's all about that, like mm-hmm. presence and like the present moment. Um, With Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. He's another good one. Yeah, but like, yeah, like the whole thing is like you know the past is the past, the future mm-hmm. is just this like random thing. The only thing that is real is like this exact moment. Yeah. Everything else is nothing. It's true because like we're here right now, we're recording the podcast, and this is kind of like yes, we are. It like we don't, we're not even sure of the future. Who knows what's going to happen? And anything in the past led to this moment. 
Mm-hmm. And even my trials and tribulations, I know Eckhart Tolle um, kind of prescribes to this, um, or subscribes rather to this idea of like, um, anything that happens to you is kind of brought about in some way. And I used to very much not agree with that because I'm like, well, you don't wish like for you to like get mugged or robbed or your child to have like a serious illness or like anything like that. But I'm sure in the in that frame of mind, you know, with being in the now and prescribing to it, not a good or a bad designation, not being like this is good, this is bad, but thinking like how if I didn't think of it in these terms, how would it affect me? Mm-hmm. I know he writes a lot about that, and that's a very difficult teaching, especially as a mystic. Going from that exoteric, which is the stuff we know, like, you know, we go out, we do our jobs, and the esoteric, which is more in ourselves and more mysterious. It's very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> sounds it. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was going to see if I feel like I'm, like, responding to a lot of stuff. I thought... Okay. <laughs> We didn't touch on this, but I'm very low energy today. We're day eight of eight. IVF shots, so my IVF brain shots. is scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. So I so I definitely agree. I think I think you know I don't think there's like destiny or anything of that nature that that's so specifically like written in stone. Like I think there's like broad brushstrokes that exist in like that's like the direction that things are going to kind of like flow into, and whether you're kind of like in alignment with that or not is kind of how well or maybe how much you're going to enjoy your life like or how easy things are going to be like if if you're going to be really out of alignment and doing what you're not supposed to be doing in this like grand master plan like everything's Mm going to be very hard very difficult whereas like the closer you get to like what is meant to happen like everything just flows into that direction Mm -hmm. and that's interesting what's meant to happen because even then if we look at stuff like that technically everything and nothing is supposed to happen Mm -hmm. all at once because there are different timelines there's always a timeline where you know um not so much like the marvel movies but hopefully there is a timeline where there are still good marvel movies um (laughs) but everything that we do or do not do shapes us and there's still a little bit of us i know that um some people subscribe to this um not cosmic like multiverse multi-world theory it's like yeah multi multiverse um but also um that also fits online with um oh my goodness i'm blanking on the name but it's like um almost like this infinite like death like if you die now in this timeline you just go to a timeline that's very similar yeah i've 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 heard that theory before (laughs) i'm not kidding i mean but I don't know. I don't think so. But how would I know? Because the, that, <laughs> it would have been a bit, it would have been a different me and a different you. Yeah, I know. But um, I think about that all the time. It's crazy when you think about it. That I, affects my practice as a Reiki master too. I mean, if you want to get really crazy and think about it, practice. Oh, hold on. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get really crazy and think about it, like I know, like that's talked about as like a general idea in like the multiverse theory. But if you think about it slightly differently that's also kind of the same idea is if this was like a simulation and you like yeah. died like then you'd like yeah. pop out and like you'd be in the real world real world or maybe yeah. just a different layer of the simulation i think a different layer of the simulation. or a different version yeah. of the simulation right you ever used a simulation yeah. you think it's like inception style it's just levels yeah. or i guess mm-hmm. those like rick and morty episodes where they yeah. have the well the levels <laughs> make sense if you look at like the buddhist teaching mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. yeah we're getting yeah. to get out of that um 
Oh my goodness, I'm I'm not I'm slipping on the name of that too, like that infinite wheel, the Bavrakov. Right. Is, is it I like the like? I don't know like the, the technical it's like the baby, I don't like, know the technical names of anything. It's a wheel. Yeah, it's like know. it's a wheel. Uh, comment down um, on wherever you're watching this. Leave a review. Tell us how we're wrong, and write down exactly what I'm forgetting. Tell us Thank how you. wrong we are. <laughs> and um, but okay, so how, how does it affect a, your? Yeah. Yeah, it affects my my practice because a lot of times, um, like I have uh, people who come to me and they're very sick, and it's interesting because. Another thing to all this uh, mystical stuff or mysticism is I always try to look at it through the mind of a skeptic, too. Because a lot of people that come to me for Reiki, which isn't too many, I don't really advertise it too much. But if someone comes to me for Reiki or another sort of healing session, um, you know, skeptically, as a skeptic in this real world, in our reality, I, I, I can't say that it heals you. Because there's no scientific backing to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, unfortunately... We do live in a world where I believe just the price of you coming to me and then at the end of it, the like 15, 10 minutes, I leave you alone in a, you know, a dimly lit room, nice and calm. Like that's worth the price itself with some people nowadays. They don't know how to relax. And like we're so in uh, wrapped up with our work or um, thinking about like, oh, my kid or like, oh, I have to go back and do this. So like, unfortunately, like from a skeptic's perception, because I've had people tell me like, Oh, what if I come in with a broken arm? I was like, well, then we have to take you to the hospital. Yeah. What am I going to do? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't be here, um, but you can come afterwards after you've been patched up and maybe the Reiki will help it accelerate the healing, I hope, mm-hmm. at the very least, or the relaxation can help you. Yeah, I think I think too many people get like caught up in this, like in the idea of like medicine either like does everything or does nothing. It's yeah. like... No, like if you broke your arm, you got into a car accident, like go to the hospital. You have to go to the hospital. Yeah. Like, you, there's things that are proof that they're gonna do, and they're gonna fix you, and they're gonna put you back together. That's modern, like medicine yeah. that's gonna work. It, do you need maybe some of these pills that the medical industry pushes? Prop maybe not, you know. But that's like a different thing, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean everything's bad. Exactly. I think everything in moderation and just listening mm-hmm. to. Either if you want to go the Western or Eastern route of medicine, you know, listen to your doctor. And then if you want to do these things like physical therapy, like how much was physical therapy like a weird thing back in the day? Yeah. And it's like, no, it's like, or when they do uh, the neuromodulation or the electromodulation where they put like little like stickers onto your Mm -hmm. shoulder to fix it like they did with me when I hurt my shoulder really bad. Mm -hmm. Like that must have been thought of as like a quack thing before. And now we have some scientific backing. I'm hoping it happens with some more of these spiritual practices. But until then, you know, I have to be honest with people, you know, um, when I went for my uh, Reiki master um, classes uh, with Lee Van Zyl, she's the South African uh, uh, psychic. Um, she had to write at the very bottom, like as a, as a legal disclosure, like this is for entertainment purposes only. Really? Yeah, it, it's for entertainment purposes. I'm like, you know what? Um, if it's a placebo effect, I'm <laughs> I'm here. If it helps, uh, um, the placebo effect is real. It, the placebo <laughs> effect is really real. Um, and like, um, what else? She was even. Um, that's when I became a minister because she actually said, you know. Um, in, in Reiki, you're not supposed to touch anyone. You don't have to. There's mm-hmm. no need to physically touch your body. Yeah. You're just moving energy around. Yeah, you're, uh, that's the, the main concept. I like to think of it like, um, you know, like I'm sort of the the cable. Mm-hmm. You know, like God is like the, the outlet you have. I'm just plugging myself in to then like 
plug into you and then kind of like get that energy out because i'm just a channel like mm -hmm. i'm just a conduit for for his energy which is like the most like profound and like we can't even understand it fully um but that's what it is and then you know she just told us hey some people are going to be jerks and say that you touch them just <laughs> you know be a minister and say that you were doing uh, lay on hands and you're healing them through like the power of the christ and i'm like okay um but now uh, fortunately i can i can marry my friends so that's, that's a good cool. thing. Wait, so that's why you have your minister. That's why yeah. you have your minister. It was for uh, legal reasons, but then I was like, you know what? I can marry people. That's a cute thing yeah, to do. That's, that's cool. That is pretty cool. So, and and this is actually like pretty interesting. Do is this more specifically you and maybe just like your, uh, like how you were taught like Reiki? But I feel like, like when you're talking about God like moving through you, like I feel like Reiki in like a religious sense because I know like you're very Catholic and like mm -hmm. every you know we've done Reiki together or you've done Reiki on me and Liz. And so I know like how you, much you like bring God into it. And I feel like that's not specifically like a thing that no. is common practice. No, it's, it's not. Cause Reiki, especially uh, just that word, it was taken from um, the, the man who originally, you know, thought it up. It is Japanese. It's a Japanese school of thought. But um, I mean, what school of thought hasn't been taken from <laughs> the East and brought to the West and sure. changed for a bit. sure. Yep. Um, and that's just how I think that, that helps me the best because um, I was always actually this goes back into the past. I remember when I was I was young, and you know like you know how grandparents are is like oh I have aches and pains. I'm like mm -hmm. okay. I remember I just like almost like claircognizance. I probably if I have anything it's that. I just went over to like the counter and I got my grandma because she was like oh I something hurts. I'm like okay. I went I got a glass of water and I just like put my hands over and I was like well this should like make you feel better. And I gave it to her, and she said, "You know, your my grand no, my father, your great grandfather used to do this." And I was wow. like, "Wow, no way!" I was like nine. How was I supposed to know? Right, what? So that's pretty crazy. Intuitively, yeah, you knew intuitively. I think that there's definitely like, uh, I don't know, like maybe fate or like, I don't know. But of course, you know, being Western and growing up in the West and Catholic. I bring a lot of that into it. So almost like, I guess you can say, like, Christian mysticism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is and, and how would that be, like, different from, like, Santeria? Similar. Similar but different. Yeah. Like, um, Santeria has a lot of... Oh, boy. There's a lot of history <laughs> there. Because, I mean, you're bringing in It's, like, a little from, more dark, right? No, uh, no, not necessarily. It depends on the practitioner. I know there's different names for it. Like, there's Santeria and there's uh, Padero um, and all that stuff. But it's also... That's also kind of mixing of, like... Um, when slaves were brought over from Yoruba land, which is now, I think, Northwest Africa, um, that specific tribe mm -hmm. uh, mixed their religion with um, possibly, I'm not sure how true it is, I have to check the timeline, but mixed it with possibly, definitely the Catholic mm -hmm. and possibly the Taino uh, people who were native to the Caribbean at that time mm -hmm. when the Spaniards came. I was going to um, say, because I feel like, yeah. I, like I, I feel like Santeria is very like, being in like Cuban mm -hmm. culture and whatnot, like if anything, like first and foremost, yeah. at least in my yeah, mind. there was um there is the uh, people especially in in El Campo, like the farms would like go to like their spirit healers and be like you know like I'm not feeling well and they would still do that to a lesser extent, um in the modern era, but definitely like that would still be like a thing, and that's even what um not necessarily we went to a, a santero or anyone that practiced it but my mom went everywhere to help out chris mm. um my brother in any way she could we went to we did neuromodulation which i think that lady was that lady was a quack what, is what yeah i don't know what that is what is that 
as far as I know from Wikipedia, <laughs> neuromodulation because is, you because everything on Wikipedia is one hundred percent facts. If you go on Wikipedia and then you go you scroll down to the bottom, those are good resources. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll, no. I'll honestly, that. Wikipedia got like a bad rap, like when, it did. We were, when we were like in middle school or high school or something. Yeah, and, and yeah, but I think they like after that whole thing, they check it out. You could you could you could put anything on it, but they they want. You know, links and sources, and <laughs> you can get like a basis at least, like a rough yeah. understanding. Of yeah, what yeah. That, that that's what it's good for. Like, yeah. that that's kind of what I would use it for, like in yeah. college, because right, like you're not citing it, but you're like, oh, I can look at this topic and get a general idea, and then you go check the actual links that are yeah. more factual. And um, that's how you write your papers in college, guys. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> don't don't let those professors trick you, because now I could be a professor, and they're <laughs> they were some of those professors are so mean for I no know. reason. I'm like, you know what, just. I don't know, man. Just let the kids do their work and give them a grade and get out. Like, yeah. I don't know why you got to make people's lives harder. I mean, I mean, Liz was in the school system. She saw it firsthand. Yeah. It's just, I think it's like you give people power, you know. Any yeah. power you could give yes, someone, it's, they it take it. depends on the person. It's, you know, it's it. sometimes, it, yeah, it does depend on the person. Like, when I hear stories of, like, um, and I'll, I'll go back to the neuromodulation. Yeah. But, like, when I hear stories of people being like, oh, I got, like, less of a grade because I did extra work. I was like, are you... <laughs> Is that teacher okay? Right? Are they all right? It's yeah, so that is like they did extra work. Obviously, you don't have to count the extra stuff, but like, don't dock them on right. it. I'm like, yeah. oh my god. Um, neuromodulation. Neuromodulation I, is supposed to be, as far as I know, the example I gave before, where they stick the little electrodes mm -hmm. on you and they kind of zap you. This lady took like um, that we went to. She took like a um, like a back massager. And just did that like on Chris, and I'm like, a back, I think this what is kind like, of back massage. It's like a it's like a wand, like one of those back massaging like ones, like a Theragun, like kind of, of but like before Theraguns yeah. were a thing. Mm -hmm. And um, that was definitely some spiritual <laughs> stuff going on there. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, my mom, my poor mom. I remember, and the the Catholicism fits into it. I remember we used to have to go all the way to St. Jude's Shrine in um. Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> yes, we would have to go all the way to St. Jude's Shrine just to be there and, you know, have St. Jude intercede for us because uh, he's the patron saint of, like, impossible, like, petitions or, like, mm -hmm. things that is that what he's the, is it, that's why That's why St. Jude's Hospital, St. Jude's Hospital. Mm -hmm. I thought I thought he was, like, the patron saint of, like, kids or something. Um, Maybe probably. that too, probably There's now, a bunch. Right? They, 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 and they <laughs> interlap. Yeah. They, 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 just, interlap. they just throw everything on they top. They give him a bunch of <laughs> patron saints. Yeah, yeah. They don't, and, they don't just stick to one. And I think that was another, like, kind of, like, not awakening, because I went through my rebellious teen phase <laughs> of, like, um, you know, reject, institutionalize religion. Um, and, yeah, St. Jude. Desperate cases and lost causes. Yep. And that, that was, remember, because that was, my brother was diagnosed back in the day when they started every single autism pre, um, presentation or even... Um, yeah, that changed really quick. They started every presentation like, "What is autism?" <laughs> Nowadays, I don't think like, I think how can you not know? Is. Right? Yeah. How can you not know? And that changed really quick because then when I became a professional for autism, that wasn't a thing. No. Like, I yeah. I never had to start my presentations for autism, or if I went on like a show or a podcast for autism, I would I wouldn't have to be like, "Guys, what is autism?" <laughs> yeah. Um, autism is. Chris was one of the first people I knew with autism. Yeah. Well, you were, you yeah. were young. You would have been nine in years old. School. No, I was oh, in high school. school. We okay. met in high school. What were you sure. thinking back then? What was it like oh, from the eyes of someone like uninitiated? He, was, he wasn't, it was obvious by the time I met him. 
You know, like he ran up to yeah. me. He said hi. I think mm-hmm. he gave me a hug. Um, he was very. We had to get the touchy feelingness out because some <laughs> people don't appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so he was. I think the second kid I knew with autism. I don't. I don't think I like met someone with autism until like my adult life. Wow. Probably. Yeah. It it changes you. It really changes you having a family member or someone close like that. And it's interesting because I always thought like I wasn't the exception. Like I was very much always for him. And that kind of fits into that whole growing up before you like are a grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like doing everything for him. Like I remember I had um, like a high school ambassadorship because I was one of those um, national high school scholars. That's <laughs> that must be a sham. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't sue me if it isn't. Um, but we went to Europe and um, I was like trying to go like throughout Spain with my very like no sabo kid spanish and be like can i get like um malak no what was it i was looking for a stone i was looking for malachite i think malachite. Or Ooh, malachite's a nice stone it is a nice stone i was looking for that because they said that, that could like cure autism and i'm like I'm, I'm about it <laughs> if i could cute. find it so i'm like all, all throughout spain like looking for that like who does that Aww. who goes to spain to look for that so <laughs> you went you specifically went to spain for no, that no but like anytime they yeah. like let us go to the shops i'd be like dennis malachite i was like i didn't know how to say it and they, they would they would just make fun of me and they'd be That's like funny. I was like all right whatever here's here's some euros like give me the stone Honestly, and then they lost it I lost it coming back to the U S can no. you believe it I lost it coming back to the U S but I made a I made a wish to the and then oh my goodness when we were in Switzerland I think they have the I totally forgot the name but it's the lion who's like dying holding the shield it's like a fountain mm-hmm. and you're supposed to like um, make a wish turn around and then throw like a euro or something mm-hmm. into the fountain yeah, yeah and then if you never look back at it and never see it again like your wish comes true that's like that's like the same thing in italy right like the oh, trevi fountain yeah you can yeah but then don't are you supposed to like what you're never supposed to look at the fountain no ever. Like, you can't look at it ever no, no i can't no. look at if it I ever Google again like, like, like no <laughs> what if you accidentally roll up on it like around the corner oh popped out of nowhere <laughs> i didn't just, see it <laughs> boom just like wish lying statue <laughs> Oh my goodness! Next I was doing. Oh my goodness! I was. That was what <laughs> a life. We're gonna we're gonna get a poster of it. What a what a life, yo! That was that was intense. Looking back on it and looking at it now in the present, and I have so much stuff here. I don't know if we're gonna be able to cover everything, we, but we, like, we have no time limit. Oh, okay, good, good, um, good, because we're going forever. I would three I would, hour episode. Speaking of, I would I would listen to an hour and a half of this. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe if least. if it goes too long, we we could just cut it into two episodes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. If we're if we actually hit three hours, two one and a half hour episodes, that would be great because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> like, um, I was also like getting into the spiritualism and if, if I go off because we're skipping timelines a bit, so I'm sorry to the listeners, but um. When I was going for my master's, it was interesting because every single person going for their counseling, their master's in counseling was like, not every single, but like, it must have been 95% or like 92%, somewhere in the 90% era, were going for a CBT for cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. which is very scientifically backed and very short term, which I feel I, I'm not here to, to bash on it, but like there are some issues that are not short term like Mm -hmm. autism is not a short term challenge granted there could be symptoms that could be short term like not wanting to eat um i don't know any food other than chicken nuggets and french fries 
but that doesn't get to the root of it and it doesn't help because I like to go in and help the parents with psychoeducation and be like prepare them for the long haul because mm-hmm. now that Christopher's 26 there's a lot of stuff going on uh, it's getting with the Department of um, Disabilities and um, it's getting all these programs and trying to get uh, DD eligible which is like developmental disabilities eligible especially in the state of New Jersey where you can get help with programs and there's a, there's a whole lot to it but I was the only one in my master's program who was a Jungian. And Jung is very spiritual. It's in the psychodynamic branch with Freud. And like no one was a Freudian. <laughs> um, and I think even maybe there was only one other person who subscribed to like Jungian ideas. Mm. But I got so many good grades because of that. Because <laughs> the teachers were like, how exotic. <laughs> Jung is so exotic. I'm like, I know there's a Jungian Institute in New York. Um which I wish I can go to, but it's it's such a time investment. It's really yeah. challenging to be a Jungian therapist. Mm. But so you know, God bless the people that do it. But I don't know, maybe one day I will. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was the only one there that had any sort of like spiritual inkling for the actual practice of you know counseling and therapy. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. I know, because I feel like um, you know spirituality and. Mm-hmm. counseling psychology all of that is kind of tied and and usually people that ca- are called to that are more intuitive or more you know mm-hmm. um what's the word i'm looking for scrambled egg brain um but uh but i do feel like at least probably a lot of people are that are like led to like the sciences are less spiritual probably yes but when we're talking counseling psychology you know um What's the word I'm looking for? That you're uh, it's, empathic. Yeah, that's you're it. empathic. And so, like, you, you get some spirituality that comes with that. Yeah. If you say so. I, I mean, yeah. Granted, there's a lot of, like, um, I mean, granted, I'm, I, I'm, I never want to turn away a skeptic eye because I don't want it to be, um, like, this sort of ranting and raving of some of, like, the other schools of, like, oh, you know, um, I don't want to bash on any schools so just pretend that there's a school there that's kind of ranty and ravey um so i would always want a skeptical eye to kind of like go in there and look Mm -hmm. and see what we do but like at least to like progress a little bit because then like if we just have like this is a pure science like i don't know i mean i don't know how much growth we can have i'm sure we could have a lot of growth i mean medicine has had a lot of growth and it is a science it's Mm -hmm. a hard science but um, we're not we're not medicine, you yeah. know. We're not. Um, this is to me. It's not a science. To me, counseling is very much an art, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's just. I mean, unless something changes. Oh, you good. Okay. Oh, okay. No, that's turned off the AC in here. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but no. But when you're dealing with the brain, you know, you have the placebo effect, which we mm-hmm. brought it up. You have. The other um, study that I sent to you, that Harvard study, that was like when the two they had two groups, they both ate the same food. One was oh, yeah. healthy food, and one was told can't remember the name of yeah. the study, but and it affected the way that the food yep. affected them. So yeah, mm-hmm. so it totally is, you yeah. know. And there's a similar study I heard of where um, going to the stress anxiety part. I know I've been having my challenges with stress and anxiety, and I'm sure many people have. There was a study where it was like um, they had one group of people um, just pretend they were in a car and then everything was fine. And then the other group had to pretend like they were in a car accident 
and then they they went over after so many years the organs in their body had damages similar to if you were in a car wreck wow wow so i mean hmm. that's pretty crazy it's interesting how it's there's a lot of mind over matter stuff yeah definitely your mind is very strong it is and actually um i should have brought this up at the beginning but here's the definition of mysticism according to miriam webster because actually it fits in because i want to especially talk about the bottom part since we're talking about skepticism so one is the experience of mystical union or direct communion with ultimate reality reported by mystics uh, the belief that direct knowledge of god spiritual truth or ultimate reality can be attained through subjective experience such as intuition or insight which is a part of my practice because i'll like i'll be very contemplative and i try meditation um granted it's not perfect i don't do it perfectly but it's a it's a journey to get there and then the last um definition is great um because it is a vague speculation a belief without sound basis and a theory postulating the possibility of direct and intuitive acquisition of ineffable knowledge or power so basically that it's a sham um, at the end (laughs) Which is great because, I mean, I never want anyone, and you see so many YouTube videos on it about, I remember there was these YouTube videos bashing on like Reiki, and I'm like, you know, if you want to bash on it, like, you know, go for it. If something's not for you, it's not for you. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, they also picked like the two or three um, uh, people who like made no sense while they were doing it. So they were like, we're going to go to this Reiki person, and then they're over there, you know, these Reiki practitioners being like oh yes this will heal like everything and i'm like oh my goodness you pick like the the craziest ones right i wish they would have gone to me (laughs) of course because that it's easy to like build a straw man argument against someone who's like so obviously bad right like Mm -hmm. if if you're making if you're making like if you were making like good points then it's like much harder for them to argue with you right so like they can't go use that those videos or go against those people who like kind of make sense or at least don't sound like totally out there compared to you know the more extremes yeah like because i mean yeah that probably wouldn't make for a very boring youtube video like if they went to me i was like no yeah you guys are probably right it probably <laughs> is a bunch of malarkey <laughs> so, so so how do you define mysticism um i What's define mysticism or or mystic or what very mysticism, right? yes mysticism or a mystic someone that practices yes. it very simply um as someone a person any person who wants to attain unity with the divine whatever that might be to, to them. you yeah yep so basically um putting a lot of power into your practice like for example you're bringing up the catholicism because i was raised catholic um, i went to a catholic elementary school and a catholic high school what a trip um yeah. interestingly it made we a lot of fun it, it made a lot of um it made a lot of atheists and agnostics um i think the, <laughs> kind of, it kind of backfired um but you know with mysticism there's kind of like um especially in the past we had that with uh santa teresa of avila um you know she was a mystic and back in the days during her times during the inquisition you know that mysticism even christian mysticism was looked at with like a like an intense eye because it was like hmm this is especially close to like witchcraft (laughs) and it also subverts like their teachings the catholic church's teaching because i i personally believe and anything that you know i've said before on the episode or in the future is my beliefs because no two mystics can believe the exact same thing this isn't an organized religion yeah or um it's not even a religion it's not an organized school of thought 
it's very personal it's your own personal experiences just like how we were saying that you know you mm -hmm. you use it with a flair of catholicism mm -hmm. or christianity i guess i don't mm -hmm. know specifically yeah um no i would say catholicism um but or, but it could easily also be christian mysticism because i believe in in jesus the christ and yeah that's how i interpret it and i move forward with it and that's how i get um like the tinglys i call them <laughs> whenever i practice i get like the little you know i was actually like, looking it like up. goosebumps yes goosebumps because i was looking it up because i always want to look at it with a skeptic's eye because i always felt like this like you know like uh energy i don't want to say vibrations because another thing i feel spirituality needs to avoid is like this use of scientific terms like a vibration has to have rotations per minute cool all right i guess it's only audio this right this oh only podcast. only audio only yeah, audio yeah, just like okay. let me turn it off though but Change yeah you can over dive no, Did it die? no it overheated, overheated. <gasps> it doesn't want us getting the word out doesn't is the audio still recording yeah this is recording nice cool okay no video sorry guys but you will have reels oh okay there you go because i could just cut them off um where was i um I was on um, how mysticism um, kind of uh, was looked at with that critical eye because with organized religions, unfortunately, you know, there is a, a semblance, and we were talking about it with the teachers, um, there is some semblance of like you give people power. Yeah. And sometimes their own personal ideas get mixed in with that religion. It's like, no, that's not how it should be. Um, especially when you look at the Gospels or the Bible, um, you know in in general <laughs> or the bible in general you know like a lot of the teachings don't really i don't know i don't really see it i don't really see jesus of nazareth like talking about specifically but like people put their own like because you have to remember this happened oh my goodness um jesus of nazareth was, was possibly born like two thousand years ago um if not a little bit more so. Um, I don't know how that applies to today and our modern, like, oh my goodness, like even just a hundred years ago right. is was way different. Yeah. So, different. so I think unfortunately with any organized religion, people who are in charge put in their own ideas yeah. and unfortunately that might get mixed in with it and the path of mysticism breaks off of that because it's your own personal experience and it's getting to know God very personally because I feel at this point even though i'm still on the journey even though i'm still a student of of mysticism and a more spiritual path to catholicism um there's just it's so different than what we're like taught mm -hmm. in like school it's not like there's this like um i'll give you a good example i was talking with a friend uh recently and he was telling me that he went to that um what's it called when we have confirmation when you're like 13 12 ish and you confirmation. go yeah confirmation um and they have to give you the little lessons oh like um, the ccd classes yeah like yeah like those and um uh they were you know going through creationism and you know god you know created um everything in the seven days and whatnot and my friend was like well i learned in school that there's the big bang and she was like well that didn't happen well see like that's ridiculous i think yeah. that doesn't the catholic church even like at this point uh accept like the yeah. idea of um what do they call it like divine intervention yeah i would because how i i how i picture it is in a scientific perspective you know the big bang happened mm. i'm i'm sure it did 
Yeah. But at the same time, like who put that matter there to begin with? Because right. matter cannot be created or destroyed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I believe in a divine, a combination of divine and like, I mean, sometimes stuff happens and we don't understand God's anything. We don't understand how God even thinks. Like our own perception is based on like, like, can I really touch this table? Yes, like you can it, touch this table. Can I? <laughs> Unless we're in the simulation, but I guess you're still maybe touching the table just in the simulation. Well, it's, there's like, it's, it's our perception. <laughs> it's our perception of it. Like, how can we be sure of like anything? And then like to associate that with God. And I remember he told me like that totally turned me off to religion. And I was like, well, what if I told you like that God made that you know matter that made the big bang he'd be like oh i probably still be like catholic i was like right it's almost like organized religions are sabotaging themselves well that's 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 the case for sure right so you get you get people into positions of power like you were saying that make up their own rules and like kind of like give their own ideas to it even i mean even if you if you take catholicism or maybe christianity in general as, as far as I know, and granted, I'm not like a great scholar of the Bible, although, like I was saying before, you know, I went to Catholic school. Like, God's words were the Ten Commandments. Like, everything else is written by someone else. Like, so really, it's like they're just adding all this extra stuff yeah. in layers on top of it. I think, you know, anyone who thinks that they have an idea of what God is is, you know, playing themselves. And yeah. that's that's why I think, although, you know, I was raised Catholic, now I... And while I still, you know, identify as like a Catholic, I guess, just for like the lack of a better term, you know, I don't know if I specifically subscribe to like that understanding of like how everything played out. Because exactly like you're saying before, right? Like, you know, the the Bible's stories that are, you know, meant to explain it, make it simple to us. Like, how are you going to explain 2000 years ago that God did this, touched the, touched the universe and then everything exploded and then things were built over millions of years like no one would have any recognition of what that means so like everything's like simplified right like in like it's a message that's an easy story to like pass down and like spread the thing but you know who's got you know god's probably not this like white bearded person like in the clouds right like it's the universe or like mother nature or like whatever whatever your religion calls it or whatever you want to call it yeah it's very much so like um I feel like, um, especially um, through my marriage, because my husband, um, he's Christian, um, you know, they have very, like, distinct, like, this is just how God is. Um, and I'm like, okay. Or uh, we hear other people who are like, um, I remember I had someone, they were like, oh, well, God's, like, too busy to, like, worry <laughs> about, like, your simple petition. Like, there's bigger problems. I'm like, what? Like, what? He, what? He's, yeah, what does that he's mean? He's like an ineffable... <laughs> He's, he's like an all-powerful infinity. <laughs> yeah. Like he can process all these like infinite timelines and universes and us and our emotions and like the macro and the the micro. Like he can just perceive like everything. How mm-hmm. can you say he's too like like what? Yeah. Like do he's I have to get on his schedule? Crazy. <laughs> they they, uh, they watch that movie uh, Bruce Almighty and they're like, yeah, look, how's how's Jim Carrey supposed to deal with everything? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that was. So, sometimes the way the media portrays it is very like uh, I don't know. I you know I don't think it's I don't think it's done on purpose or like supposed to be like a negative. It's just people trying to like put words to it because it's so hard to like explain or like have like a general idea of. And I think that's what like a lot of religions do. And if you really look at it and look at the different ideas and practices, like for the most part, they're usually all basically the same. It's just a different coat of paint and different words on mm-hmm. top of it. Could be. 
but mm-hmm. you know for the most part it's like you know be good to other people and you know don't hopefully d- d- well i guess i guess maybe there's like some religions that mm-hmm. are a little more extreme but but even that like i think if if you bo- actually like boiled it down like yeah. the the real essence of like what they believe isn't like that like yeah. that's like a you know that's like a footnote like on yeah. this on the last page of like some book right yeah but that most people wouldn't even read where you, you get all these you, like in the bible it says you're not supposed to have tattoos right but how many people have religious things on them yeah and it's like um you know at a certain point you have to you just have to be like good like in the way like i as a mystic now in my in my own personal journey as a mystic as a student in this like the most important thing to me is like the breath so like the breath that you and i breathe or unfortunately the breath that you know some people like cannot they're hooked up to machines but like just a passage of breath or like air through us and through our little animal companions um because i'm very franciscan too because you know animals are great um that's the most important thing to me the preservation of life is so like important to me and like the life that we have now Mm -hmm. like Mm. life that's actually you know come into existence um it's just so important and like uh you know it's i even know it's like very it's very interesting because then we get into concepts of like death and like what that means and like death is already a scary word um yeah i was just i've just been talking about this a lot death yeah because someone said like think about before you were born what do you Mm -hmm. remember nothing yeah and then they were like it's the same thing when you die and i was like stop (gasps) it yeah how can maybe we perceive it but even in the bible it's it's like um you know, um, and this is where we get into my favorite mystic, mm-hmm. um, a very amazing lady. If I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. Of course. Of course. His mom, oh, yeah. Deneen Fendig, is may she rest in peace. Have you have you seen Midnight Gospel? Yes, of course. So the last episode, um, I need to get. She's on books. that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, she's definitely on it because she is. She was a um, a psychologist, uh, as an author and a mystic. I think she is like the greatest like mystic in the modern era. She just has such a profound and very loving and very like simple way to process it. And she was going through her own dark night of the soul uh, with her stage four um, breast cancer. I think it was metastatic breast cancer. She unfortunately passed away of and just the stuff she says and how she puts it. Like I have a quote here from her and I love it. Like that episode of Midnight Gospel changed my life. I'm gonna have to go rewatch this. Um, it's now. you have yeah. I I watched it before we started the podcast to, to <laughs> really like, to, to prep yeah, for this. Yeah, to prep and to get to, you in the get, right state yeah, of mind. Get in the mind mind state. She said, um, "This was um, when her son uh, Jeff uh, got married in in her hospital room. Um, they had like a little documentary, and she says this. Um, she say she said, I may leave this plane of existence sooner rather than later, but the love isn't going anywhere.'" And I was like, yo, that's cool. Like she, she as like a person, as a professional, as a mother, I think she exemplifies what I want to do and what I think everyone should do as a mystic. She was both esoteric. She did a lot of spiritual work. Um, We'll even go over it. We'll do a meditation that um, she learned or at least that she conceived of or practiced herself. Ooh, that's cool. Um, um, It was also on the the episode of the Midnight Gospel. Um, And when she was like, I don't know when she was there like like going through that and like processing it she was like really like 
she processed her own death and she and in her life before the cancer treatment even after you know she was very esoteric with her spiritual practices and exoteric which is why i think every mystic should like strive for and we're going to go into the whole like mind body connection and spirit connection with like jujitsu and yoga <sighs> and because i definitely go and me with my kickboxing now because nice. that's all very important exoteric things i think sometimes people get wrapped up in like what a mystic is like there's some old like hermit on the mountain and <laughs> it was like no this lady showed that a mystic can very easily be like a mom who's mm -hmm. a psychologist and this is it this is like this is it this is like the grand journey of life and this how, reality how do you think that she like processed and like accepted death so much because like death oh. is like everyone's like biggest fear yeah which is it's funny right because i guess it's ego right like you don't mm -hmm. want to not be around anymore but realistically yeah. everyone's afraid of death but there's nothing you can do to stop it like it's happening regardless. yeah she really processed it in such a beautiful way um she processed it in a way where she was like um she processed it in a way where she really looked outside herself and she really um i remember she said it on the episode she was like you know in life you know things pop up like in in this existence they pop up and they leave like why do we have to think that we're a special case as like humans and i was like oh my goodness um because that also leads into like my things like now especially oh my goodness not just my own reality but our the reality we had with the with the pandemic mm -hmm. um because my mother almost um died from it she almost she was in the hospital for a little bit and it was looking very bad to the point where she um had to sign a, a dnr do not, yeah, resuscitate. do not resuscitate yeah that was very you know and that's when i did my spiritual work and i don't know what i did i don't know if i twisted the timelines all i know is that i i hid away like a hermit ironically <laughs> i hid away like a hermit for like um a week and a half i just didn't like i i i did the biblical thing i just like didn't shave i didn't do anything i was like i'm just gonna be here and pray and twist timelines or whatever god has to do but like i i need this it was egotistical which is why i still consider myself a student that was mm -hmm. egotistical because that was like i thought it was a special case you know like Everyone else is in a special case, but like that's my mom. Mm -hmm. Like this is like, a special this case. This is special. It's, this it's, is special to me. Was, I don't want to say goodbye. Yes, it was very ego filled. What what um what I did, or at least what I um what I kind of brought into existence, this thought form of having her not die. But um, I I get that. My da my dad almost died a few years ago. Actually, he did die. Actually, they resuscitated him. It was oh, it was a miracle for for sure. Like, yeah, they, definitely. Like, it, was, it was insane. He uh, they did a. He was in really bad shape and yeah. he got really lucky. But uh Thank God. You know, I think I think what happens when when you're faced with that kind of thing is you have you realize how short time is and like yeah. you, you, you realize yeah. that you kind of like wasted a lot of it and there's so many things that you missed or like didn't get to do. Yeah. And especially, you know, what uh you know how maybe like things were left or said or yeah you know how you treated the other person yeah before that time mm -hmm. um it but definitely. no yeah of course like the in and obviously you know they probably their their memories of you yeah are i'm sure great but like you look at it and you're like oh, mm -hmm. i don't know how good i feel yeah. about how everything cleared up it makes you appreciate the person more it makes you really cognizant of like the ephemeralness of like life um even the bible says it that kind of like um that kind of changed my perspective on what Jesus taught too. He was saying how um, I'm paraphrasing, 
I can't remember the Bible like other people do. Remembering. I, know. I don't know how they remember the verses. I'm like, I just read it. Um, <laughs> but he, to paraphrase, he said, basically, look at the flowers of the field. They're uh, dressed better than Solomon even was. And they're here today and gone tomorrow. Like, so how much more can God take care of you And he, as he takes care of these flowers? And I'm like, yo, they do go away. They do yeah. die. Don't and that brings us back to the present, right? So, mm-hmm. like, being present with the person is the best thing yes. you can do. It is. And just it's really hard. being cognizant of yeah. everything that you're saying and doing towards mm-hmm. them. And if it's yeah. in alignment with love. For real. And and I feel like when you don't focus on it, and even, even if you get that scare... And I, I was actually just talking about this the other day, how like I felt like actually like really bad about it in like retrospect going back, but um, right because like at that time like oh like this is super important like oh like you realize how short everything is and like everything that like maybe was wrong or like unsaid right and then um, you know just last year maybe like a year and a half ago two years ago with like the pandemic like I was like in a really bad place like mentally and like you know, all that stuff like went out the window and like, I was a dick to my dad, like all the time. Like he would literally like tell Liz or tell me like, who's this person that you are? Like, I don't even recognize you. And Mm. meanwhile, it's like a year and a half after he like died. And like, I couldn't be more happy that we have him. Right. Like we were Mm -hmm. so scared that it was going to be over or gone or, you know, maybe he'd be stuck in a wheelchair forever, but, um, you know, everything worked out and he made a full recovery. And it's like, when you like look back and like shit, like, yeah. It's so easy to forget Mm -hmm. if you're not, focusing on it and if you don't like take that like in yeah especially in in the real reality that we live in especially like this is the exoteric part like you know especially at at our age now you know it was it was cute when we were in our teens and in our 20s but like our parents are getting older Mm -hmm. yeah we're becoming the sandwich generation now where you know we're having kids and taking care of our parents Maybe not so much now. Maybe when we're a little bit older, that'll really like set in. But like our parents are getting older, and so are we. You know, life is very like fleeting, and we have to really appreciate it. And that's where my my studying comes in, because like I I still don't feel like um, as Ramdan says, uh, just be here. Ramdas says, you know, just be here now. It's like oh my goodness, like such simple words, and how yeah. profound can it be? Yeah. Like how do you just be here now? But no one does that ever, no, right? It's, like it's that's difficult. You're, you're either always thinking of like what happened yesterday, mm-hmm. what happened in the past, yep. or like you're looking forward to that thing. And I th- I think it goes with the fact that most people are pretty like unhappy with their day to day lives or like what they're doing, uh, career wise or yeah. how their life's going, and because of that, they're like, oh well one day it's going to be like this and like they live in that like future thought process and they don't actually do anything to get there and just like on a day-to-day basis they're not actually paying attention to anything and they're just yeah. going through the motions and they're really missing life mm-hmm. it's um it's scary and that all goes back load the comfort you see like that's another good thing like as we talked about because we started this whole conversation the side uh thing with like death and how like it really is an invitation to like really be retrospective and understand like death is an inevitability like things pop up like just like um Deneen said like things pop up and they disappear and humans are no different oh the cra- it's a lot it is a lot and the craziest part though is everyone fears death but once they they've noticed this in like cancer patients and um you know we were watching that documentary on you on netflix the change how you think where they were using drug trial uh like psilocybin on like cancer patients Mm -hmm. to try and like have them like deal with like the coming of death and what they were saying was that once the person 
like made that like they were like okay with that they lived their life so much better yep. mm-hmm. than like they ever lived it before because they they lived with all this freedom knowing that like there's a ticking time clock but like really it doesn't matter and i could just do whatever i want yeah that goes into just being in the present i know there's a big push now for um psychedelic therapy and using psychedelics because i mean it's it's as long as it's in a and that goes all the way back to the beginning of the episode with the ayahuasca because <laughs> i want to talk about before we get into the mind body spirit connection um what listeners need to watch out for because unfortunately sometimes there's frauds out there oh for sure but um but on 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 like the fact that like yeah. the the research uh just on that like real quick like i think i think that that is super important and they are actually like making like really a lot yeah. of uh big steps towards it yeah. maps is with uh both mushrooms and yeah. like mdma with ptsd and mm-hmm. cancer patients and if you guys haven't watched it you should really go watch the um the four part four part documentary on netflix that's uh how to change your mind it's by michael Pollan, i think he Pollan. he he wrote a book by the same title and it's basically all about like the research and studies of how uh different like plant medicines or yeah. drugs that some people might call it mm-hmm. um could like help you yeah and and everything that kind of all the, all the science behind like how it was like very effective back in the 50s and 60s before the whole mm-hmm. like war on drugs and then yep. you know with with nixon when he came in and kind of like crushed everything and put everything out and like research literally stopped yeah. overnight um it's kind of crazy it kind of yeah. almost it's it's like the problem that happens like we were saying before when to when you know people get into power and they kind of like guide what happens and you know you know catholicism did the same thing with like the crusades like they like people say if the crusades didn't happen we'd be a thousand years farther into like the future technology wise and like there'd be so much more but because you know they went across the world and destroyed half of it trying to convert people to their religion like it was dark days Mm -hmm. it was um i think that it really did set us back i mean like i personally believe that if if the science is behind it you know they get the right amount and you know they're the spiritual component is there like you have a counselor there helping you Mm -hmm. someone who's very well educated on it like obviously you know have the scientists do their science on like the correct dosage and Mm -hmm. like what you're going for have a professional be with the person and like really like guide them like a lot of people do with the ayahuasca trips because sometimes you can unfortunately um trip out and not have a very good guide and then yeah. that's not a good situation to be in no definitely for sure we were i was a uh, i was i was talking to my friend david who's going to to mm-hmm. lead this trip and you know he he when we were talking he really wanted to like make that like he want to differentiate himself from like people who do do that he's like look listen like, we do not do that like we facilitate we bring you there and we bring you to the i forget what they what they call the the people who like actually like oh, prepare everything um, it's probably shaman. is it in brazil no in peru not sh- in peru it, it wasn't shaman but it was it was something else it was like a spanish name yeah it's probably a curandero like a cure something cure like that person. yeah something like that and so basically like him and his wife they they uh promote these two people that they work with like in peru and they work with you before you go for like several months mm-hmm. and you know to Good. get you like mindset wise and you have to do you have to like stop taking different like medications that you might have okay. that could like uh interfere, interfere with, it. with it you have to like get a clean diet as you're like going in to like kind of like clear your system and then they bring you there and they kind of like facilitate between the 
I'm going to use shaman because I don't know what the correct word is, but I know I know that's used in some cases. So, you know, they they're they're actually the people the, the shamans only speak Spanish, so they're literally communicating between them, and then they help after the you come back from the trip. Then, you know, they follow up with you and like talk about it yeah. and really how you could grow and what you could um, do different, like how you could change and like how this could be like a real effective thing mm-hmm. instead of like he was saying. <laughs> You know, you could go to like some random place and you just show yeah. up and then do it. And then whatever. He was like, you know, there's some places that you could just go in Jersey that'll like serve you ayahuasca. If, like some like not, white dude. <laughs> yeah, that's not like that's not good either. Like we have, unfortunately, there's so many frauds. They take advantage of people Um, like me whenever I do spiritual work. You know, I don't charge. I can't. Yeah. How could I? How can they? Tra- the only thing I might charge for if it wasn't like because obviously you guys are friends. So I'm not going to like charge you. But the only thing I would charge is, like, maybe for my time. Just, yeah. like, hey, I took, like, the time out. So, like, you know, a little bit. Or um, what I think a lot of spiritualists should do, even though it gets a little wonky because some people only do this. And I'm like, yes, you do have to make a living. But at worst, me in the position I'm in, I'm fortunate that I don't I, – I can just use it as a side mm-hmm. income. Yeah. You know, it's for donations. I'm like, hey, if you want to just give me a donation, yeah, that's fine. Then I'll I'll pass it along. I always pass along to St. Jude anyway. Yeah. Or um or uh, an autism society that I'm really like. That's like, great. Uh, you know, good on. So it it turns into a donation anyway, like a real yeah. donation, not just to me. I I'll send it along the way. Um, but that's as far as I'll go spiritually. Like you know, it, the only thing is with the Reiki, I I do have to kind of like charge because I'm using um you know someone else's like room or like i'm using my own space and mm-hmm. it's like i uh, for the mm-hmm. time yeah but a lot of people will just like or a lot of people unfortunately just come over i think a lot of <laughs> i think a, <laughs> i don't know how to like i'm not even gonna mention it but a lot of people just come and they're like oh yeah i'm like a really cool guru and like like they just take these ladies and they just bring them to like the Am- the amazonas and they're just <laughs> like they're just like yeah here do this ayahuasca and no, it's yeah, like totally. no that's not how, yeah. <laughs> that's not like, how i think you're coming here just yeah. for a lady <laughs> um, i don't think you're coming here to help these people out with like intense spiritual like practice yeah. so just please like l- l- listeners like just you know watch out and like you, you really have to like know the person like we said before you know you're more than welcome to look at spiritual things or anything with a skeptical eye you don't have to like really ask the person be like okay how is it like work like what's going on what do mm-hmm. you think benefits it because I believe that the Reiki benefits you with the healing process and it helps you relax and that just gives, you know, good hormones and you're just like, oh, I'm feeling better. Or at, at the very least, hopefully a placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like people would have to like ask me, like, you know, ask the, the practitioner, like, do they have the similar like beliefs to you? Do you just think they're totally off the wall? Because if you're not comfortable, it's not going to work right. either way. Yeah. Yep. So... <sighs> And, and like you have to like believe it too like when you're like coming in like you can't yeah. I feel like you can't come in with like a skeptical eye like you have to be like fully enthralled in like the idea like you have to commit to believing that it's gonna work as well or at least a little a little open like you know because that's how we get people like kind of through the through the door so to say but um at least that at least you know if you want and know if it's not for you then it's not for you you, yeah. know, you try it and be like hey you know i tried it i was in a safe environment or at least i felt as safe as i could you know i, I somewhat trusted the person and it didn't work out for me and then that's it yeah yeah Definitely. exactly and that goes on to what um 
not even spiritual stuff. Like uh, now we can get into the yoga and the jujitsu <laughs> yeah, right? and the it. kickboxing. Because let me tell you, my husband said something so profound. He was like, because he does jujitsu. He's a white belt with a few stripes, very fancy. Because <laughs> uh, he just started like a year ago. A white um, belt is the biggest accomplishment. Going from a regular person belt to a white belt, I will a say that. A regular person belt. <laughs> a clear <Just> belt. <laughs> no, like you know, like a black leather belt, like a, that that a, that a person would wear black leather belt to white belt <laughs> biggest upgrade like i, I always say so. zero to one is let so me, hard yeah because let me tell you before he started jujitsu and before i started the kickboxing again because i did it very uh, very many years ago uh, when i wasn't active that was like the lowest because i got very active with uh with a former friend of mine you know he was showing me like you know go to the gym and i would do gym stuff and i felt so good about myself i felt so confident and yeah. so like powerful and like i felt more in the present then possibly than i do now grants i have a lot more spiritual experience but i i'm the being here now in the physical sense is a lot less um until now because hopefully with continued practice of the kickboxing i'll you know because you have to take care of your body too like it's a very important thing for a spiritual practice that goes along with the exoteric that's our exterior and that's our body and our reality we have bodies yeah and we have to be kind to them because as far as we can perceive the only one we got yeah you exactly know? which is so weird because i feel like that's the easiest thing to lose sight of mm-hmm. your body you know there's just so many um temptations you know yeah. you eat whatever you want you sit on the couch and don't worry about yeah. physical activity i even like have been thinking lately like i don't really like touch my body like my legs like I've been more cognizant of like touching my legs touching my feet touching my arms because yeah. like it's weird like how often do you interact with your own body like you it's don't true. I like to touch myself all the time personally <laughs> <laughs> well and, and that that's true I think that goes along with like um that goes along with you ju- I mean you can tell me because yeah. you're into you're, you're not into you're a student of jujitsu and um you know my husband was saying like how he he learned how to be calm in the face of essentially like a guy being like on top of you ready to attack you that's huge and it's i was that to me that was so profound i was like wow like that's kind of like the experience i had with doing kickboxing in the past and like uh karate and taekwondo and all that stuff in the past when you know when you're a little kid doing it Mm -hmm. like you know you have to be so calm in the face of adversity and that is such a good life lesson being calm in the face of adversity Eckhart Tolle even talks about it yeah so to just to go back to the to the first thing when you were saying like you know you have to like work out and like that you have to like move your body and do Mm -hmm. different things and one one of the biggest reasons for that is just like the endorphin release that you get from like working out and like putting your body through like a stressful uh, run or weightlifting session and then as far as like the presence goes it, it's that's one of the things in jiu-jitsu but it but it happens in most uh forms of exercise i think maybe maybe not running you kind of like uh get out of your mind which kind of happens with running but in any other case you kind of like have to be forced to like be in the present like if you're like at the gym and you're like bench pressing like you have to be like present and focusing on that weight right or else you're gonna fall off fall into your chest and the same thing's mm-hmm. true in jujitsu and one of the one of the reasons why i think a lot of people love jujitsu is because it forces you to be present you can't you literally can't be anywhere other than right where you are in the moment and when you do that you kind of lose everything else that's like around you and troubling you in the world and you're just kind of in the moment right there at that time because 
if you're not really in that moment and you're kind of drifting off, which is so hard, um, you're gonna have some bigger guy than you probably crush down on your neck or try and rip your arm off. And then real quick, you're gonna be like, okay, I have to pay attention back to what is happening. (laughs) And that, I think it goes into, to yoga too. And Liz, we can talk about the manifestation, how it's different in both. But what do you think with yoga? Because you're more of a practitioner than me. Not a super yoga expert, <laughs> yeah. um, mm, but I sure. do enjoy to dabble in yoga, and um, yeah, you definitely have to be present in your in your body for sure when you're doing yoga. You know, just to hold the pose, just to get in poses. But especially like um, we were talking about how you kind of have to let go a little bit in order to you know not struggle, right? So. Um, in yoga, like sometimes you'll tense around something that's really yeah. tight, and you have to really be cognizant of no, oh, we need to let go of this, um, and so that forces you to be really yeah. present for sure. It's amazing how much our bodies can teach you. Just I think, just us talking now about the mind body spirit connection mm-hmm. is kind of like goes over everything we talked about yeah, in the past. Sure. You have to be yeah. like really present and really in a spiritual frame of mind. Yeah. yeah. And even when you talk about like. Um, you know, when we're talking about like tightening around something that's, you know, uncomfortable. Um, when you talk about chronic illness, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, and you don't, as someone who has chronic illness, uh, you don't want to think about it this way, but sometimes we make it worse because we're so focused on the pain or on, you know, what's uncomfortable that it actually amplifies it. This is, this is something that like, is so tip of mind to me right now about just how everything is like perception and how you look at it. Yeah. And you could, um, you know, you could take it and like be upset about what's happening. And like, like you're saying, right. Like when you're going through chronic illness and really like, just like let it fester and like live in there. And then that's like the worst it gets that it continues to get worse and continues to get worse. Cause you're making it so much worse with your mind. But if you could somehow, you know, with chronic, <laughs> Chronic pain is probably like a different, more difficult thing. But. And people get very touchy and frustrated because they're like, I'm not controlling this. But yeah. yeah. In a sense. It's difficult because even um, that that goes to what we were saying before, Eckhart Tolle, like saying like not putting a label on is this good or bad mm-hmm. um, and what that means. And like, I don't subscribe to it, but like um, like having those things kind of happen to you. And then I think it's more of the, the how you react to it. Um, even um, even Deneen Fendig kind of talked about it like with like like when you do spiritual practice you don't react you like kind of take it in and you're you kind of like stew over it for a bit and you're like hmm like you know you, you really process it and you really you unf- sometimes you can internalize it but then like how do you like overcome it it's like these challenges that mm-hmm. we have to overcome but like yeah I mean there there is a there's a I get what's the word not paradoxical maybe paradoxical because like how do you process that how do you be like wow i did not like want to be chronically ill but like what am i going to do now exactly. it's, it's very challenging and it's it's hard when people say just don't think of like no you can't just not right. think about it or think of the positive like what's positive about waking up and feeling like trash right. like but i'm sure Eckhart Tolle would say with intense spiritual practice or even like me i mean when you get into more of a zen sort of thing which is very hard to do but i mean thinking about the exoteric like how would you even i don't know so for me i see it as like when i have let's say a migraine thank god i haven't gotten migraine in months um but like even 
couple weeks ago, I had to go to the hospital with my endometriosis because I woke up at 3 a.m. with oh, yeah. crazy pain, right? It doesn't affect... I, I know I'm having this pain, right? I woke up in the middle of the night. Obviously, I wasn't directly at fault for the pain and how bad it was. Um, and we went to the hospital. But it doesn't affect, like, my mood. Like, we were in the hospital... I had to get emergency surgery, and then and that was it. It is what it is. Like, we came back home, and we kept living our life. Like, I'm not – whereas, like, I feel like some people can get really dramatic about it, you know, like, oh, why me? And yeah. I think I had to relearn this when we were going through IVF, too, the first time, because I did feel like, why me? And yeah. now this time around, I'm so much more removed from it. I'm kind of like, okay, it is what it is, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're just yeah. going through the motions. Yeah. And, again, you have to be in the present, so, like, with – something like chronic illness you can easily go into the past of how the pain felt or go into future of how it's going to feel same with IVF you can go into the past of like you know well this didn't work before or you can go into future of even just like oh I have to get my shots in an Mm -hmm. hour Mm -hmm. Um, you know but uh, just being able to just be in the present moment instead of knowing like this moment is good this moment I feel good that makes a world of difference and I think you know with, with the reframing of like how to look at things with, with the chronic illness, you can, it's not just as simple as like getting out of like your mind and like making it not hurt, right? Like that's not the thing that's gonna happen. Yeah. But I, I know you love talking about this, uh, you know, what happened, what, what I had said to you like a few months back now, um, but you have chronic illness all the time and I was like, I was in like banged up shape from something, I don't know, I felt really bad <laughs> for like a day and a half and like I was like shot dead mm-hmm. and <laughs> I go to Liz I'm like I think how I feel right now is probably how you feel all the time and I'm like and and with that being said and she's thinking in her head that I'm gonna be like oh like you're so strong I'm so proud yeah. of you I'm like I would do anything in my power to not feel this way and she's like she she like she never like questioned it like that I think before then and then she by having that like idea she could kind of like reframe it and so like now right like now you're taking like probiotics and you're trying to like do different things mm-hmm. that are like trying to like help and like at least curb some of the things that are triggers i don't like to bring up this story you like to bring up this story <laughs> i do like to bring up this story it um i don't know even like it's interesting to think about like how people say you should do something and mm-hmm. how you in your own spirit that's why i really love the path of, of mysticism and being a mystic because it's like it's very your own and it's very personal and like um even just with everything you do and like like i as we were talking about like you know uh, you didn't put this pain onto yourself like when i was being very egotistical with um with my mom um you know and and her being in the hospital um i don't know it's interesting because it's like why was i hurt at that moment like why because sometimes i look back on like healing sessions that i i participate in and i'm like why didn't it happen the way i wanted it to happen and then i think like like i have like a for some strange reason like a 90% rate for things like people come to me and like oh I'm fe-. I I had someone come to me who said that her dad was like on, on on death's door and I'm like just do this and then he was like better and I was like oh well thank goodness that worked <laughs> um but then but I was so detached from that and then I had something I was so personal with with my mom and then it panned out and then there's some things that don't pan out for me and I'm like 
you know why like why and that really goes to show like how much i have further to go and like the to be a student and to be like Mm -hmm. what is like how can i just be like you know what it is what it is or even accept like maybe it'll happen in the future but then that's contradictory because i should be in the present and then that's contradictory because i'm thinking about the past and it's like there's it's such a it's paradoxical but also i think as i as i study it more and i get humbled um i'm like wow you know there's so much as i learn i realize there's stuff i don't know mm-hmm. well for sure right best. like mm-hmm. uh w- what's that saying like um the 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 more you know the less that's not the saying but that's the more you know the less you know the mm-hmm. less the more you know the less you think you know yeah. like because um because what happens is you realize how much you don't actually know whereas yeah. like a person who just knows a little bit of something they think they know it all yeah that was me and oh my goodness that was me and that was in, you in your 20s when you got humbled yeah i got really humbled because i was like i can just you know make anything happen look at me i'm yeah. merlin what what and, happened what happened when you thought you were merlin and it didn't pan uh, out it was a lot of stuff happening all at once did, um, did you have a sweet hat Oh my goodness, could you imagine? I'd probably be even more powerful. That's how it works in RPGs. You get a sweet hat and you can cast all the magic. Um, I I don't know. Life just really hit me. I like Things didn't turn out my way. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that the only thing that wouldn't turn out my way, in quotes, was like my brother having um, you know, autism. And then that kind of like, not went to the background, but now I know him as a person. And I was getting to know him as a person at that time. But like, I things just didn't go my way like I I thought I wanted to be a doctor and go into pre-med and that didn't work out and then I thought I wanted to be with this specific person and you know that didn't work out like just personal like relationship and like you know life and like you know uh, as we get older like my grandparents passing like um my uh, the house catching on fire like there was a whole lot of stuff that happened to me all at once in such a short amount of time that was like wow like maybe i don't have control of this maybe god does and i can't put myself in like his it's it's just paradoxical i can't even think of it no i get that and like even when going back to like the manifestation stuff like oh yeah i feel like when you hear about manifesting you know you think that it's all about getting control and getting what you want you know yeah and through you know i'm taking this class that i've already mentioned on here um I think that me and my accountability group, it's a, a group of a bunch of girls, we're starting to realize that it's, we're not technically getting control over our lives and getting what we wanted, but we're healing and we're understanding that like we're happy with w- what we are, who we are, where mm-hmm. we are, you know? And obviously yeah. with that, it comes, you know, you want to attract, you know, your highest self and whatnot. Yeah. But you have to do that from a place of I'm good with whatever happens and good or bad. Yeah. And that's exactly what I just remembered about loving yourself and about loving where you are now. It's like, I remember I used to get, and this only happened recently, which is why like you learn so much being a student of something and humbling yourself and being like, I'm learning Mm -hmm. um, throughout your whole life. I used to like, even this is a silly example, but like, I wanted to wake up like earlier in the day. I didn't want to like sleep my morning away. And I remember at first I would like wake up at like uh, 11, like 12 o'clock or like one o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm just like, oh, I can't believe I did that. I can't like, I was so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Why am I, I just happened one day. I was like, why am I being mean to myself? 
like why don't I just try again tomorrow mm-hmm. and put some steps in maybe this time I'll drink tea and like go to bed a little bit later or maybe I'll relax or maybe I'll go to bed at the same time but try to wake up earlier and I noticed when I started to love myself I I got it because now I'm, I'm just waking up at the times I want and it's slow natural progression I, I used to when I wasn't humble I used to be like oh that's a bunch of malarkey self-love like how I how can I love myself like you know but now as I'm doing it I'm like wow I was really like mean to myself mm-hmm. like I, I need to like be calm like even with working out because I, I dropped out of it because you know I had my problems with the relationship at that time that was honestly the relationship I had in the past was the only reason I was working out because you know he was working out and I'm like well now I have to do it <laughs> um, and then I unfortunately you know that relationship didn't pan out and I got very sick um, afterwards I couldn't I just couldn't lift because um, the doctor was like no your organs are really like messed up if you lift they'll probably like pop what what happened did you have like a it was mono <laughs> <laughs> but I, I now looking back on it I probably used mono as an excuse I probably could have healed from it and just gotten right back to it but I, I kept like being hard on myself I'm like wow like you used to work out I used to work out every day yeah. it was an everyday thing uh, rest days I didn't know her <laughs> Um, no rest days. No rest days. I was I was going through that lifestyle, and then like I stopped, and I hated myself, and I was so hard on myself. And now going back to kickboxing, you know, I might miss a day, um, I might miss a week, but I go back to it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I didn't miss a week, or I missed three days, and I, you know, what can I do to like improve it? I'm not mean to myself anymore. I yeah. am learning to love myself. That that's great because if you don't love yourself and you're mean to yourself, like yeah. what are other people gonna say and do to you? Like if you can't even be nice to yourself, how is anyone else going to? Not even only what will other people say and do to you, but even if someone's not specifically being mean or being, you know, negative towards you, you're gonna see it as them being negative towards you because you think so lowly of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be too. And I and I, yeah. you know, the whole. Too many people, yeah, use excuses or get like tied up with like, oh, I missed this day. I'm going to start on Monday or like put it off. And it's just like you're you're living in the present. You're living in the past and the future, right? You're you're worried about you missed this past week, and you're like, okay, well, now it's already uh, Thursday, so we'll just we'll just throw the whole week this whole week away, and then we'll start again on Monday, and that'll be fresh. But then Monday comes around, and because you you haven't done anything or really tried to fix what was happening Mm or get back into your routine. Now Monday comes around and now you miss Monday and now it's like Phew. yeah, because because that goes. I was I was in that loop of like I'll just start again Monday. I'm like no, I can love myself, but I also can't like be so like I have to push myself too. Yeah. It's only when you get out of that comfort zone, and this is a mystical path too. Awakening and growth can only happen when you're out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So I just said to myself, you know what. I'm not going to start on any particular day. I'm just going to do it. Like, if I'm in the mood, I'll I'll go and I'll do it. And then whatever happens, if I do go or not go, I'll, I'll process it from there. But that's how I try to be in the now a little bit. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm going to go to kickboxing class. There's one at 445. Or I'm just going to go tomorrow morning. And sometimes it pans out and I do do it. And I'm like, okay, good job. Sometimes it doesn't. And I'm like, hmm, you know, you have to try again. But, you know, I'm not mad at you. I'm just... You know, I think oh, I don't know who said it. It was um, it was someone who who said it. Um, well, of course, someone said anything, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> they were like, "Be the person that the younger you needed." Mm-hmm. And ever since I thought of it like that, because like I love, I mean, being a, a therapist for 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 kids with autism, like I love these kids. Like you know, a, a state mandated 
you know, like, I can't actually say, like, I, I feel bad because all my kids, when I leave, they're like, all right, bye, Joe, I love you. And I'm like, Aww. oh, I, I, I care about you, too. <laughs> um, but I do. And I, I think to myself, I would never be mean to one of these kids. Why would I be mean to the kid version of me? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And so true. and I think I think the biggest thing, too, with like setting like trying to like set habits for yourself and you know kind of like pushing it off i think i think people think of habits as like you're building habits but uh and like they're trying to like build towards a habit but they don't realize that everything they don't do is also building a habit so when they by not by choosing not to go today or choosing to push off into the future they're building that habit of okay when something hard comes up that i don't really want to do i'm going to push it off into the future yeah and i'm going to push it off into the future mm-hmm. then it never gets done yeah and <laughs> i i know this very well because this is a problem that i have that i developed over you know the past few years where i would push stuff off and then things would never get done nick yeah. is a great pusher offer and he's taken it to a next level I don't know. Where if I do something, he gets annoyed that I'm doing the thing that he's pushing off. That's not true. <laughs> that's 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 a that's an external thing of yourself. That's like your shadow. That's a part of you that you don't like. I and actually loving myself has made me a lot nicer to other people. Um, like you know, with my yeah. own family and uh, you know, in my marriage, like I'm I'm I I remember in the past I was like, wow, I was such a jerk to my husband, and it's like, um, I can't be like that. Yeah. Uh, when I started to love myself, I was like, I realized sometimes I was getting mad at him or mad at my family members or mad at whoever because they were demonstrating aspects of myself that I did yeah. not like. Carl mm-hmm. Jung talks about that, the shadow. They were literally manifesting a shadow version of what I perceived I had. And I was like, well, I have to reject it. But like now that I'm loving myself and accepting that, it's so different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you know, like I don't get like mad as I used to anymore. Like granted, I'm working on it. Like, you know. That's why I feel like going back into the frauds a little bit. If you have someone who's there and he's like, "Oh yes, I'm the ultimate guru. Like I'm just Zen all the time." Like how? How can yeah. you be Zen? All right? Time? It's yeah. like, it's, it's always a process. I mean, even even always the Buddha, right? Like the whole thing with like the Buddha is just like yeah. you just do it and just like keep doing it until yeah. it's done. Like it's not like there's there's no end, right? Like you yes. don't you don't achieve you don't reach you the go. top of the mountain. It's an ever like you're never done growing yeah. climb. Yeah. I was when I was in college I used to meditate at this woman's house and um, I reached out to her a couple years after we stopped working together and I said hey you know I haven't worked on myself for a couple years you know um, I was wondering if I could come back and meditate and she laughed at me and she's like you never stop working on yourself even if you don't think you're working on yourself you you are working on yourself I like that that's true that's true and I think I think um, when you when you people think that there's like a maximum potential and they're like, this is the best that I can ever be. But if you keep kind of like going up that like hill, you realize that every time you move the bar up, like it pushes you, you're pushing the top of the mountain up even higher. And you know, there's, there's really no end. Like it's all about the process. It's all about now. It's all about what you do today. Winnie's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all like distracted by her radiance. I love her. Good thing. Good thing. The video broke. So we yeah. don't just constantly keep yeah, like, we're like, looking over at her. She's very beautiful. She's, she's a beautiful beautiful. Okay. dog. Bless. Uh, she is she's in the blanket over there. Sorry guys. I think <laughs> how far are we along in the, we, I don't think we've gone it through half there. of my write up. <laughs> What's it saying there? I can't say. An hour and a half. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, so let's wrap this up for today. Yeah. And we'll do another episode. Okay. That's fine. If you want to do that way. So cool. thank you so much for joining us no, today. Thank you. Is there somewhere you would like to um, point our listeners to to find you or talk to you or uh, I don't really do the social media much. If I do, it's just like cat pictures. Like I have an Instagram, but I hide it because in case my students want to ever find me, it's like, no, you can never find me. Um, but that's not interesting. I mean, unless you want to send me an email, my email is movingonthespectrum at gmail.com. That's all one word, M-O-V-I-N-G-O-N-S-P-E-C-T-R-U-M, uh, moving on the spectrum. I miss the, so O-N-T-H-E. <laughs> Moving on the spectrum. It's um, fine. Spelling is difficult yeah. in this yeah, household, so, so that's sure. right. we'll, we'll put we'll put it in the show notes. And it's, yes. I'm not gonna lie; it's a very long it's a very long name because that's the name of my LLC. So yeah. it's, no, but it's I quite mean, long. it's but it's you know it makes sense. And uh, or you know, if you guys just want to donate, maybe you could just send some feet some donations to St. Jude. Yeah, please do. Please, or uh, I love that place. My grandma used to donate to it, and I think they do great work. Um, or any you know um, autism organization that you feel is doing good work, um, that would be great. Yeah, and for as for us, subscribe, like. Do you subscribe to a podcast? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the only person that I know that doesn't subscribe do, to a podcast. I do actually subscribe to podcasts. Now you do. I yeah. I like went on your I phone one day, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what is? Stop I'm like. What? I'm not being mean to you. I'm just I'm just telling a funny story. We, you listen to a podcast every day. I went on your podcast app to listen to the newest one, and it wasn't there. I'm like, I have to search for this. Are you guys laughing? I don't think you are. Leave, anyway, leave a rating and review. Um, leave a rating and review. Share the show. Everyone tell Liz that I am funny. You can. I didn't say you weren't funny. It yeah, just write, wasn't a funny story. Whatever you want to write in the reviews, like you know, write it. You can say this and that or whatever, or you can ask. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Good at Life Podcast uh, or TikTok at Good at Life Podcast. And you can email us also at info.goodatlife.com. Until next time, guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Until next time. Thank you so much. See you next Tuesday. Bye.